Greetings, beloved ones. My name is LaVon Briggs. I am a body and sex positive womanist preacher, speaker, and author. Sensual faith is a sacred space that I carve out for you to uncover your spirituality, recover your sensuality, and discover your sexuality. So if that sounds good to you, and if that feels good to you, you're in the right place. These hips are big hips. They need space to move around in. They don't fit into little petty places. These hips are free hips. They don't like to be held back. These hips have never been enslaved. They go where they want to go. They do what they want to do. These hips are mighty hips. These hips are magic hips. I have known them to put a spell on a man and spin him like a top. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Greetings, beloved ones, and welcome back to another episode of Central Faith Podcast. I am your host, LaVon Briggs, and I am so delighted to be on the microphone again. If you follow me on social media, and this is a content warning for some tender topics, specifically male sexual violence, sexual assault, and suicide ideation. So if you need to just go ahead and fast forward a little bit, just scrub the little button for the time theme of Bobber and listen quickly. If I'm still talking about it, then keep going. because <laughs> I'm not going to talk about this the whole episode. Um, but if you do follow me on social media, you already know that I went on a date mid-February and the man that I went on a date with assaulted me. And so I took some time obviously, (laughs) to grieve and to heal and to process. I am so deeply grateful for a number of things. Firstly, for my therapist, I was going to say God first, but that's not honest. So let me be honest. Firstly, for my inner circle, there were a handful of people that I texted Monday morning. The assault was Sunday afternoon, Monday morning. And Immediately, it was an outpouring of love, support, belief, (laughs) understanding, um, inquiries about how folks could be supportive. I mean, I even had one friend who taught an online course that I was supposed to be teaching that week. I mean, it was like everything from practical, tactile, hands-on support, people dropping off meals and food and sending me Instacarts and buying me gift cards for DoorDash sending me healing bombs and candles and massage oils and massagers and flout, like everything. It was just so, so beautiful. And so I'm so grateful to be held so deeply by my community. I'm also grateful for my therapist. Shout out to Dr. B because she instantly responded to my text message and said, I'm so sorry. I love you. Yes, I will make time for you. Let's talk. And so I was able to get in with her the day after that I told her. So having that immediate sense of support, y'all, like for folks who are trying to make it through these times (laughs) that are, are starting to sound, these times that are unprecedented, that are trying, that are difficult, that are hard, even while there's beautiful things happening, not theirs, even while there are beautiful things happening, 
there's still some really, really hard things, some really gory things happening at the same damn time. So I am elated to have had this circle of support really lean in, right? And start from a place of, we love you, we believe you, how can we help you? Because it's undeniable that we live in a society where rape culture permeates everything, right? To the point where women have internalized it, where sometimes women will blame victims of male sexual violence because in their mind, they think that it could never happen to them. So when I did tell my story on social media, the vast majority of people were ultra supportive, right? There were people who were commenting, sharing their Me Too stories, <laughs> offering me their condolences, their rage, their grief, all of these holy emotions, right? But there are also a couple of people who were like, well, this doesn't make sense. How did it go from consensual kissing to non-consensual penetration? And what were you doing at his house? And all of the victim blaming and shaming that we do, which is why male sexual violence is such an underreported topic because of what we do to women who come forward. And so for me, I decided to go public because, first of all, male sexual violence, sexual assault, childhood sexual abuse against Black women and femmes is a pandemic, like has been. I don't need to quote statistics, especially as we are closing out Women's History slash Herstory Month and welcoming April in. And we know April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And that's a triggering time for survivors because it's like, y'all, we don't need any more awareness. We need accountability. We need y'all to actually hold perpetrators accountable. That's what we need. We need you to stop teaching girls, don't get raped, and start teaching boys, don't rape. <laughs> like, I don't know what else we need to say, but we cannot talk about male sexual violence and violence against women and gender-based violence and all of that without talking about patriarchy, right? In order to really hold perpetrators accountable, we would need men to also be a part of the conversation of accountability. And it's the men who are not holding their fathers, brothers, line brothers, uncles, cousins, classmates, uh, teammates, right? The niggas they be playing basketball with in the league on Monday and Thursday nights, like those one-on-one -on -one interactions at the barbershop and the nail salon, if you go get your nails done, <laughs> at the men's spa, at the bowling alley, the gun range, the cigar lounge, right? All these places where Black men congregate, where men congregate, but you know, I'm a Black woman, so I'm constantly thinking about Black men, but where men congregate, are you laughing at rapey jokes? Are you telling your brother, yo, she said, no, dog, like, fall back. Are you holding them accountable? Because we can talk about things societally, structurally, and make it seem like there's some headless monster walking around harming women when it's men. This is not my first sexual assault. This is my third. Well, let me back up. I have experienced numerous sexual assaults. And if we had to put them on like a hierarchy of trauma, which we shouldn't do, right? But if I'm thinking about the quote unquote big traumas. The first was my dad. The second was my boyfriend. The third was the guy who I was on my third date with. So these are not some random men out in the streets. You know what I'm saying? And so it's been so important for me to reclaim my body and to drop back into her because 
for days, maybe weeks, I did not want to feel what I was feeling. First of all, I didn't think I would ever be assaulted again in my entire life. So I was pissed at God. I was pissed at my ancestors. I wasn't talking to them for days, maybe weeks. The only deity I was talking to was Oshun because she's my mother and she has been through abusive situations and I needed her sweetness to shroud me, right? But ultimately, I had my moment of reconciliation at my altar. I washed my altar linens. I refreshed my offerings and I told them how fucking angry I was, how pissed I was that I didn't have grace in that moment because I want to be very, very careful about this because while I know that this assault was not my fault and I did not deserve that, I did have some intuitive guidance about this person and I didn't fully trust him, but I wanted to make him something that I needed in the moment. And so again, I did not deserve to be assaulted. There was nothing that I could do to make me deserve any kind of harm like that. And this has been a traumatic experience that I have been able to alchemize because I am a master alchemist. (laughs) I'm able to turn things that are meant to end me (laughs) and let it become my medicine. I know how to turn my wounds into wisdom. And so a few days after the assault, when the pain felt unbearable and I thought I was going to die. I was like, well, I should just die. (laughs) And I Googled painless ways to commit suicide. And the only thing that came up really was pills. And the only thing I have in my pantry is black seed oil and elderberry and vitamin C and prenatal vitamins and a women's daily multivitamin and eye bright echinacea. You see where I'm going with this? (laughs) So I did what I needed to do and I got up and I went to go get my eyebrows threaded. Why? Because adorning my body is a spiritual practice. It is a declaration of agency. (laughs) It says that my body is holy. My body is sacred. My body is worthy of care and adornment. And I am a sensual being and my sensuality is a spiritual practice. And so even that seemingly small act of self-care First of all, just getting out in the sun to cosmically catalyze my cells to regenerate, to say, this is not going to be the end of you, LaVon. Let's go out into mother nature. Let's get into the elements. Let's see the sky. Let's breathe the fresh air. Let's get in the car and see other people on the highway and know that you are not alone in this, right? Let's lean into the practices that you preach on social media and on Sensual Faith Sunday and preach for almost two years in the proverbial experience, right? This is literally a moment to practice what I motherfucking preach. And when I tell you that that is what has gotten me to the other side, remembering that my body is good and holy, remembering that God and my ancestors are pissed about my assault and this trauma, Remembering that I get to take up space, right? In today's sacred text, homage to my hips by Lucille Clifton, who is one of my ancestral caregivers. She says, these hips are big hips. Honey, these hips are big hips. I have gained 21 pounds since I moved to New Orleans, Louisiana in the middle of the pandemic. This food down here do not lie, okay? It's it's giving butter, it's giving fried, it's giving bread, it's giving po' boys, it's giving gumbo, it's giving rice, rice and beans, 
it's giving liquor. <laughs> it's giving driving everywhere. And so that's why I'm so excited that I have started cooking again, because I realized I didn't lose my love of cooking. I was depressed. (laughs) And so for those of you who are experiencing a depressive episode right now, please realize that the things that you used to love to do, the things that you swore up and down, you would do every day for the rest of your life for free. Know that you still do love to do those things. You just need to process this depression. (laughs) You just need to grieve something. You just got to heal through this season. So it'll be waiting for you to pick up whenever you're ready for it. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm back to winding up my waist and walking up naked in the mirror. I'm back to embodying that these hips are free hips. I'm embodying that my hips are mighty and magical and that my sexuality is my own. So even though Matthew overpowered me in that moment, he did not take my power. I have reclaimed my power. And it's so important for us as a sensual faith community to really lean into the integration of all of this. When we have these moments of trauma, we have to honor that our whole being has been affected by it. And in a similar way, our healing has to address the root of the wound systematically. There's no way that we can expect to heal male sexual violence, sexual trauma, childhood sexual abuse without addressing it mind, body, and spirit. There's no way that we can shed the harm of patriarchy, sexism, misogyny, and misogynoir without addressing how that has affected us mentally, physically, and spiritually, right? And we cannot divorce religion from colonization because ultimately detaching women from our sexuality and our bodies, because our bodies are so much more than sexual cavities, right? Is an act of colonization. Colonization is an act on the land. Colonization is an act on our bodies. Colonialism, the the school of thought, the ideology, the framework, that is an act on the mind. And so religion and colonialism have absolutely impacted those of us who were raised in the Christian tradition. The Christianity that we think of when we say the word Christianity is American. It's anti-Black. It's anti-woman. It's anti-body, anti-fun. It's anti-us. And so we have to unlearn all of that toxic ideology masquerading as theology for our own sakes. (laughs) There is no way that you are going to be a sexually liberated woman of faith if you do not address the tomfoolery that was force-fed to you as a little girl in church or that was yoked upon you as a young adult coming up during purity culture, right? The idea that Sex is just for men's pleasure. The idea that sex is just for heterosexual married people. The idea that if you have sex before marriage, you're going to hell. Or if you do have sex, no man of integrity or value is going to want you. That somehow you're damaged goods. (sighs) (laughs) It's infuriating to observe the lengths that men empower would go to to disempower women 
and you're doing this during March, during Women's History slash History Month. In fact, I'm going to shift my language right here, right now. The same way that I don't say Black History Month, I say Black Futures Month, because that's what we're looking at, because Afrofuturism is the paved way to liberation for Black people, to be able to dream and ideate and co-create with the creator and manifest the world that we want to see. I'm going to start calling it Women's Futures Month. Women, femmes, girls, any woman slash feminine identified being, it's about the future now, honey. Now, you can't just leap forward, although they try to tell us that with daylight savings time. And not them having a whole bill to end daylight savings time. Y'all could pass a bill to end daylight savings time, but y'all can't pass bills to cancel student loan debt. Y'all finding $13 billion for wars, but y'all can't send out no more stimulus checks. I'm telling you, capitalism just needs to be destroyed. Okay, so (laughs) if we are going to co-create the world that we want to see, we have to be so intentional about our language. Women's Futures Month invites us to partake in the liberatory praxis of dreaming. And when I think of dreaming and who's leading that conversation for Black women, I'm thinking of hip-hop womanist scholar Ebony Janice Moore, who says that her dreaming is the activism. So many of us think that as women, we have to be on the front lines. We're shouting Black Lives Matter. We got our fists in the air. We're lobbying. We're protesting. We're doing all the things. But when are you resting? When are you reading? When are you writing? When are you creating? When are you masturbating? When are you doing what you want to do? We have to stop what I call, and this is for Black women specifically, this concept of mortardom. Mortardom is a word I coined. It's a combination of more, meaning Black, and martyrdom, when you sacrifice yourself to the point of death. And Black women have been so habituated to engage in the perpetual act of martyrdom that when it comes time for us to really tap into what it is that we want, we often don't know because we're so used to catering to everybody else. And not in the QT 2004 Destiny's Child. I'll cater to you way either. But in the self-sacrificing, self-repressing, self-minimizing, totally not helping you to be the most healthy, authentic version of yourself way. I am loving this moment where Black women are reclaiming and not just reclaiming our time in the words of Congresswoman Maxine Waters, but reclaiming our softness, reclaiming our ease, reclaiming our pleasure reclaiming our flow, because that to me is what the soft, luxurious life is. It is having ownership of your time. The man that I divorced taught me that definition of wealth, ownership of your time. It is agency of your space. It is being able to show up in ways that feel good to you, that don't require you to serve or achieve or do where you can just be, right? Lucille Clifton says that these hips go where they want to go. They do what they want to do. That to me is liberation. And I am dreaming of a world where Black girls and women and femmes are safe and free and soft now. (laughs) 
because we deserve that. We are worthy of that. And so I have been asking the sensual faith community on Instagram live on Sunday mornings, how can you invite more softness into your life? And in fact, by the time y'all hear this episode, I would have preached black girl softness. (laughs) So first John four and seven says, beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. God is love, period. If you ain't loving, you don't know God. Whoever does not love does not know God for God is love. That's literally what I just said. (laughs) Verse eight, verse nine. In this way, God's love was revealed among us. God sent God's only son into the world so that we might live through him. So now they're talking about Jesus Christ, a minimalist, North African revolutionary refugee who was about that life. You hear me? He was Jewish. He was into his African spirituality because he was African. No. (laughs) And what I'm reading into this text with my womanist lens is the echoing of the life of Mary. Throughout time, history, art, Mary has been rendered as this 40-year-old white woman. Mary was a 13-year-old Black girl, an African girl. And so what does it mean that God, through the expression of the one that we call Christ, utilize the body of a young Black girl to bring this radical revolutionary and healer into the world. That tells me that Black girls are the conduit for liberation. (laughs) Black girls are the vessels of hope. And we need to protect Black girls at all costs. And protecting Black girls means that we raise Black girls to expect to be protected and nurtured, which means that we then encounter Black women who move through the world in a way where they know their bodies are designed, divinely designed, in fact, to take up space because we're tired of shrinking ourselves. Our hips don't fit into little petty places. We have free hips. We deserve to move about the world freely, safely, and softly. And so, yeah, Black girl magic is cute and all, but I want Black girl softness now. How about that? (laughs) I'm super grateful to be creating a semblance of normalcy for myself. Creating is always a beautiful space for me to tap into my highest self and my creative power and just remembering who and whose I am. And so for those of you who are on this part of the journey where you're feeling like I'm going to (laughs) die, I hear Ebony Janice in my head saying, just don't die. For those of you who are like, I can't believe this. I'm so upset with God or my ancestors. They are big and bad enough to handle your rage. And for those of you who are loving on folks who are having a tough time right now, thank you so much for your tenderness and your care. We see you and we appreciate you. And to every survivor of violence, I see you, I hear you, I believe you, I acknowledge you. What happened to you was wrong. It was not your fault. There was nothing you could do to stop it or prevent it. God is pissed about it. Your ancestors are pissed about it. And I'm pissed about it. And so whatever you need to do for you, crying, cussing, throwing some shit, you know, don't break anything you really need, child. 
<laughs> journaling, burning things, get you a little cauldron, use a really large pot if you don't have one, but write that shit out, tear it up, get it out, stomp, dance, whatever you need to do, conjure it up and go for a jog or a run, take your pillow and beat it against the bed. Like <laughs> energy doesn't disappear. It transforms and you have the power to transmute any energy that you have. So if you're feeling some energy that you just want to be different, let it come up, let it come out and it will change. I promise you. And so I'm so grateful for the words of Lucille Clifton today because Lucille means light. And it's so important that we shed light on the parts of ourselves that need more tenderness and softness. You are worthy of softness, beloved one. And so I invite you to consider how can you be soft, nay, softer (laughs) with yourself this week? Remember, your body is good and holy just as it is. There is nothing that can happen to you that would make you anything less than worthy, loved, affirmed, celebrated, and that bitch. (laughs) And that's on what? Period. Y'all, this coming home to myself journey is just that. It's a journey. It's not a one-stop shop. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It's a let me try this. Let me dabble in this. Let me do a little this, you know, and see what feels good to me and what brings me the results that I want to see, which is ultimately my healing, happiness, joy, liberation, success, and bad bitchness. (laughs) And so whatever feels good to you, beloved, as long as it is healthy and ethical and aligned, do that shit because it is your birthright to be happy, to be free, to be pleasured, to be whole, to be well. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Central Faith Podcast, beloved ones. I want you to go in peace, go in power, go in pleasure. Be well, beloved ones. And if it's not well, it's not the end. And remember, faith should feel good. Y'all, thank you so much for being a part of the Central Faith community. If you love the podcast, I know you do. Make sure that you share, like, follow, subscribe, whatever the platform asks you to do, and rate five stars. And if you want to learn in community with me, take a deeper dive into all the topics that we bring up here on the Central Faith Podcast, head on over to the Central Faith Academy at patreon.com slash Briggs. And when you're in the need for some spiritual nourishment, be sure to tune in Sunday mornings on Instagram Live and Clubhouse for Central Faith Sunday with LeVon. Briggs. And if you just want to sow a seed, you want to engage in some reciprocity, some energy exchange, you can be sure to send me some gifts and love offerings and tips to Cash App, Dollar Sign, Pastor Bay, Venmo at LeVon Briggs. PayPal is paypal.me slash LeVon or you can use my email address LeVon.Briggs at gmail.com. You can also use that email address LeVon.Briggs at gmail.com for Zelle. Thanks so much for investing in me and yourselves, beloved ones. Peace.